cross it in, looking for Garza, backside and in for the first goal in Atlanta United history from Yamil Assad. Take a look at history. Hi, all. Five Strike Final, Jason Jones from Dirty South Soccer. Joe Patrick from Dirty South Soccer is over there. First place, first place, first place, first place. Uh, first place you stole first it. Place, first place. First place. <laughs> Did I take it? This is, this uh, is I was going to leave with that joke. Now I don't know what to say. Well, just know that I'm always five steps ahead of you. Mm-hmm. Anyway, welcome to hi- uh, Five Strike Final. Highly distributed audio discussion discussing all things Atlanta United. Uh, the first place Atlanta United for now, for now, Joe Patrick. And even then, it may be a red herring of a first place, first placement, first place. So says Jeff Lernowitz anyway. I, I feel like uh, our standing in the Eastern Conference is irrelevant. Much in the same way, I feel like the score of this game was irrelevant. Um, because mainly the biggest difference to me in this game was it was just like way more fun to watch than a lot of what we've seen. And mm. that to me is like a bigger difference because uh, I've seen some complaints about, you know, uh, Atlanta didn't score themselves like from open play, um, you know, et cetera, et cetera. They didn't, you know, Zlatan didn't play or whatever. And, you know, maybe the score would have been closer if he had, you know, I, I I'm sure it would have. But to me, I'm just, I just, really enjoyed myself watching the game because I just thought it was, um, you know, I don't think Zlatan was going to make an impact on the way that Atlanta was kind of flowing in the attacking third and creating chances and um, doing all that fun stuff that we'd like to see. So I thought it was a very pleasant game. Zlatan wouldn't get past miles. Zlatan. No Gorlami. Gorlami. Zlatan wouldn't do it, man. Not against miles yesterday. Miles was fantastic. Miles got isolated. A whole bunch, really. And it, it, it seemed almost by design, but going up against whatever not Zlatan scrub he was facing up against for, for Los Angeles, and the dude just had no chance. I mean, Miles is a top five athlete in the league, I think. Yeah. I think that's fair to I was say. Gonna say and, and just no one has any chance in a one-on-one situation like that. He's he's like a living, breathing answer to like that question that I was always said in soccer circles about what if our best athletes played soccer or whatever, because he is, <laughs> he is that athlete. Like he is impressive. I like, he would be, if he had trained all of his life to play wide receiver or um, power forward, you know, he, like he would be good. And he, he's just a Supreme athlete. He would have a very high spark score. Oh, Do they still definitely. do the spark, the, yeah, the spark test. They do. They do. Like at they high do school it, uh, recruiting camps. Yeah. And we already yeah. made it to a college football reference that we didn't even make it five minutes. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, he was a good basketball player. And uh, yeah, that's right. He was about the, the, the athletes playing soccer thing. I, I got into a fight one time with one of my friends who kind of like introduced me to soccer because I was like, no, if we took like, if we took like Rajon Rondo and like Josh Smith and made them center backs, they would be great. <laughs> and I had just started watching soccer and didn't know what the hell I was talking about. Um, so that's my kind of like lack of soccer knowledge confession back when I was 15. But still, mm-hmm. I, feel, I feel like I needed to own up to that at some point. At some point. Uh, but, but he was so good and everyone was so good. And it's amazing that when everyone is good and fun, that the stadium feels just a little bit louder. Just a little bit more. Engaged, yeah. Right. Oh, man. The crowd was incredible yesterday. It was amazing. 
You the, had the, you had the, the full stadium. You had the full stadium TIFO mm-hmm. sponsored by SunTrust. Who cares, y'all? No, like, ugh, whatever. Um, so we're not going to get into the arts and crafts. It's not like but, it said forever SunTrust. Like, that's not what the TIFO said. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. It's just no one would even know. And it, like, I don't get why people are upset about SunTrust paying for it. Like, don't you want some corporate company with a lot of money to pay for it instead of it coming out of pocket? Anyway, I, I don't want to. I don't. I want to. That was our our yearly SG discussion. We did it. <laughs> yeah, we did it. I thought it was amazing, though. I thought that. I, I mean, I did that think was the TV cool, was yeah. really cool. Like it was. There's a few times where they do some. You know. Oh gosh. I see. I, I already feel like I'm just stepping on ranks nope. okay. left and right Good whenever job. I talk Good about job. this. So let's just not do it and yep. just say it was awesome. Awesome. Good job. Great job, everybody. Cool. We did it. Wow. Um, Zeke. Zeke. Let's talk about Zeke. Oh, man. Zeke was back. And uh, again, also shockingly, everything was more better. There was a moment where I don't know who it was hit him a long ball. And it was like kind of like a diagonal, I think. And Sam, you gasped. I audibly gasped. I did. You did. He, the way he took it down was just so beautiful. It was, it was a, the touch was, he didn't completely stop it dead so that he had to stop his run. And obviously, and he didn't touch it. So, you know, too far away. So the defender guy, it was just perfectly touched right into his own path. So he could just keep his momentum going forward towards goal. And I can't remember how it ended up, but uh, it was a thing of beauty. And um, I just thought, you know, his impact on this team, just seeing it in person is so massive Um, just to have someone of his quality just in the side. And I think that, you know, obviously we saw pity, I think reap a lot of the the benefit of someone like him being in there Um, because, you know, it's like they can't double cover, Uh, you know, they can't keep the free safety over, uh, over pity. They gotta, they gotta have, um, you know, they gotta, I don't know what kind of coverage uh, college football secondaries roll out there, but, there was just more space for everybody. It felt like, you know, and everybody had more opportunities in the attack to get forward. Even like the wingbacks, you know, Justin Miriam, Julian Gressel, uh, they were getting more space too, because guys, other, you know, uh, the galaxy's central midfielders were, were pinching in and trying to, you know, help stop some of these guys. And I think that, you know, it was just amazing to see the impact that a player like Barco can have. Here's what Jeff Lordowitz had to say about that, uh, especially with regards to the performance of, of PT Martinez, who I thought was pretty good yesterday. Uh, he he may get a little more credit for the the own goal than he probably deserves. I still think he made the wrong decision on that. <laughs> probably could have gotten the ball in earlier, but it worked out beautifully. Um, anyway, uh, Jeff says this. Early in the year, we're playing 5-4-1, and Pitti Martinez is picking his head up and seeing basically Joseph, and that's it. I think the Monterey game is a good example. He didn't have someone to play with. He needs an extra body. He needs someone talking about spaces. He needs someone that can actually draw defenders so that he can have space once he gets on it. I think tonight is a perfect example. I think the balance from right to left is really good for him. And that's really all down to having the right guys on the field that create some offensive pressure. So there you go. Straight from Jeff Lernowitz, it just opens up so much more. It just opens up so much more. Uh, it doesn't necessarily excuse a lot of the results we got anyway without sure, Zeke. Sure. It does point to a very positive, perhaps, end-of-year run for Atlanta United, which is, in the grand scheme of things, really all you need. I, I do think also when you're missing a, a DP and especially, you know, a DP that has as much quality as Ezekiel Barco has, um, 
it's just much harder to win in this league. Like, you know, I, w- I actually just looked this morning at what uh, Lenny and I's record when uh, Miguel Almiron did not start in the last two years. And the team was two wins, three losses and four draws, you know, 10 points from nine games. So it's just it's just hard when you don't have like your key players, when you only are allowed to have a few of them in this league. Um, it's just more difficult. So um, I, I, I want to go back to the Lorenowitz quote though because i thought it was really interesting how he specifically called it a 541 because minutes earlier when we were in a separate room where jeff could not hear us um we were we were talking with frank DeBoer, and he said um i'm gonna quote him here he said in the beginning we played the same bit uh we played the same but they had the feeling that it was a f- that it was five defenders then i said when you play dominant you play with three that's how you see it and now everybody thinks we play with three so it was interesting to see him say it was five because i think that that was i think that's kind of um that describes kind of the whole issue that's happened earlier this season where there was like a massive overcorrection with frank clearly wanted to shore up the defense that's something he told uh media he t- I, you know felipe cardenas had a, had an article about it um, where he talked about it with uh, uh, Michael Parkhurst. And it just seemed like a huge overcorrection. It seemed like that when we were watching them earlier this season. Like, it seemed like they were playing with, you know, five defenders. Um, It really did feel that way. And I think that that was because they were so intent on trying to do these things that Frank DeBoer was instructing them to do um, that they kind of lost their way. You know, they kind of just lost what what it was that made Atlanta United, Atlanta United. And I think that... Finally, that's starting to come back. And I think that Frank probably is um, he's kind of coming to terms with the fact that this team needs to play a little bit more risky in order for them to kind of unleash their full potential. But, you know, I think you have to. I think he deserves I don't know if credit's the right word, but like we need to not just say, oh, well, now the players can, you know, they're just not following his instructions or whatever, and that's allowing them to be better. I think that there's just, you know, it's the, just Frank DeBoer is kind of coming to that common ground with the players. You know, like we heard in that article about uh, from Leander Sherlikens earlier, where he's talking about the training exercise on the training ground. I think that, you know, he's just kind of coming around to this is how the team performs best. When you play three in the back, you go a lot more one-on-one matchups. Um, like we saw with Miles Robinson, just shutting down Uriel uh, Atunia and, um, yeah, I think we're just really seeing the benefits of that. It kind of goes back to something we talked about with him maybe not understanding the roles of the players as well as people who've been watching the team for two years. Yeah. Um, as weird as that is, that kind of association to make all well, the fans kind of knew a little more about the personnel in place. But remember, he, he tried that back three thing, the 3-4-3, three, three, I guess is what it technically was. Uh, early in the year and everyone hated it, right? Because it just kind of seemed like the midfield especially didn't have the personnel for it. But something we didn't get to talk about in our 30-minute discussion that we posted like right before the game Saturday about Frank DeBoer in general was was that the dude has been really flexible for a lot of this, right? Like one of the big knocks on him coming in was this idea that he was going to be completely rigid. And to his credit, (laughs) even with perhaps the lack of preparation at the beginning of the year, there have been efforts to change and efforts to kind of uh, come to some kind of agreement with the players on how to do this. And now it's getting to a place where I think it's finally 
paying off. And, and if we're going to bash him for the first part of that, we got to give him credit for the second of it, right? Um, especially if it continues against teams who are very talented. And we're, we're going to find out real quick uh, what happens with that, it, like this week. Like this week is the biggest of Frank DeVore's tenure so far easily because you have the number one team on points per game in the East coming in on Saturday. And then, of course, before that, Tuesday, you have Orlando City in an Open Cup semifinal. Um, so if it's actually paying off, we're, we're going to see. We're going to see, but we do have to give credit to him for being flexible. Uh, so I just had an, a light bulb just popped over my head while you were talking. You know how what you said, where you know, I was because I was thinking about that last show that we did, and and you read that quote from uh, some some British paper uh, or something about the Guardian. Um, it's an important one. The the struggles that he had, and that you know he was kind of used to managing training these players who were reared in the Ajax way, and when he came to Inter and Crystal Palace, he realized that he wasn't going to develop them into geniuses. Um, right. Well. He inserted one into the game against the LA Galaxy, and he won the man of the match, Jeff Lorenowitz. Ah, I liked where <laughs> I didn't and think that, that was, was the key. We were going with it, but uh, you are spot on. Jeff was really good, I thought. Uh, he was amazing. And, and something interesting that I think happened, and tactical people get at me about this, uh, especially if I'm wrong. Um, but it seemed like there was a lot more man marking in the middle of the field uh, when Atlanta was not on the ball. And I think that paid off for us. It wasn't quite like San Jose or anything where it was insane, like all over the, the pitch. But mm-hmm. in the middle of the field, you saw Lorena Witt's kind of man marking a bunch and all that kind of thing. And I, I think it paid off uh, for Atlanta defensively in a lot of ways. Um, I, I- I think that, you know, Rob made a good point. Rob Ushry from Dirty South Soccer said that, um, you know, it's almost like when you have when if you're using Barco as a central midfielder in a three, um, then it makes sense to have someone like Lorenowitz in there as well instead of an Eric Remedi because Remedi is going to want he's just naturally he's good at soccer and he wants to get involved in the game more in both aspects. And I think that Lorenowitz has like what, 412 MLS appearances like he knows exactly what he is. He's extremely comfortable just sitting back, you know, being the deepest line uh, midfielder, almost playing like as an as an auxiliary uh, uh, center back at times, just kind of helping you know distribute the ball when the team is in possession. Um, it just seemed like he gave the team a better platform in midfield to kind of build on and and allowed some of those creative players to go forward a little bit more freely and not you know just knowing that he's back there covering you know covering their backs and 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 being able to help snuff out any counterattacks where a guy like Eric Ormetti, like I said, he's just wanting to get involved more and he might be trying to push up as well with the three. And um, it's just a different dynamic. I thought it was really smart for Frank DeBoer to, if he's going to play Ezekiel Barco in that role as a central midfielder, then to also pair Lorenowitz with him. I think Rometty, Nagby and Heinemann still works great. Um, but I think it was just a smart move for that reason. Yeah, you, you have to have all your pieces of your midfield Voltron working, right? Because if any of it's like <laughs> yeah. efficient or too overpowered, it's it's not going to work. It's the the weakest chain and the, the link thing or weakest link in the chain, whatever that kind of thing. You you can't have two things too exposed, right? And sometimes that happens defensively because I, I think we need to kind of dispel a myth 
here, Marco Rubio style, that Eric Rometty is quality defensively. Uh, because yes. in a lot of ways, he's not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's and, definitely, it's, he, he seems like more of a two-way midfielder than like a, he's, he's yeah, I mean, just if you look at his numbers, his, his, at his analytics, he's just, he's not a holding, a pure holding midfielder. Mm-hmm. At all, and he does a lot of things well. He does a lot yeah, of things better than sure, Jeff for sure. But the things that we need right now, I think, when you have the kind of personnel we had out there Saturday, Jeff does them better. And I don't think that's unfair uh, to to say. It's not a knock on Remedy. It's just a different skill set that is hard to quantify and hard to describe uh, in a way where you can kind of look at Jeff and say, "Oh, okay, we know that he brings this level." of defensive solidity to what we're trying to do. And we need that. I mean, we need that a lot of times. Rometty has one of the lowest, uh, was a success, uh, tackle success rate of, of any defensive midfielder in the league. Defensive actions in general. Yeah. Like he was in the low, low percentiles with that. Yeah. And he's, you know, earlier this season, I felt like he's kind of been below his performances have been a little bit below what we had been accustomed to seeing. Cause He'd done a really good job in um, in the playoffs last year. I remember against uh, NYCFC, he just man marked Maxi Morales and just marked him out of the game, and uh, it was huge for Atlanta United for him to be able to do that. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to kind of see how he he uh, slots back in. I, I mean, I, I expect him to start against uh, Orlando on Tuesday. Yeah. I think you know Jeff can't go two games in a row like that, especially when he hasn't really been playing regularly. So I think he'll be back in there, and it'll be interesting to see kind of how. Um, what, what Frank DeBoer does uh, with that midfield. I do want to say one more thing though. Um, and I kind of, I heard this from Doug Roberson on his podcast that he did after the game with Jason Longshore, the uh, Southern fried soccer podcast. I listened to today on my way over to the Braves game. Um, and I just, I did just wanted to repeat it here and kind of add some thoughts. So he talked about um, this team's motivation and just like their general. Um, I think, well, I'm just going to say, Effort, the effort that has been on display this season um, from the beginning of the season till now. And I think that in the last few games, there's been a turn where like players are giving everything where and I don't want to criticize players like saying they don't care or saying they're not trying hard enough or whatever. I don't want to be like that guy. But I think that is just natural after you win a MLS Cup. Uh, and this is what Doug was saying. It's just hard to come back with the same kind of motivation and and give the same amount of, you know, just energy game to game when you're coming off a title and you feel like, you know, you just have that confidence of having won that and you feel like it should just be able to happen again. And it's just kind of hard. It's, it's hard to motivate yourself to give everything like that. And I think that finally this team is kind of whether it's because of the drama with the players talking to the media, you know, the, 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 you know, whatever discord there's been in the locker room or whatever, I just feel like their backs are kind of feel like have been up against the wall. And now you're starting to see this team, like when the full time whistle blows, they're gassed. Like that was the one thing that stood out for me from that LAFC game was that when the full time whistle blew players from both teams just collapsed to the ground. Like they couldn't, they couldn't move, you know, and that's what it takes to, that's what it takes to win championships. That's what it takes to, you know, come in first place in in the West, not really in the East. You can probably get away with a little bit more lax, but, um, you know, I just think that that's finally coming back. I, I don't think that we, I don't perceive that I kind of saw that for, for, from this team for a good bit of the earlier part of the season, but I think that it's starting to happen now. And I think that it, it helps when the team is actually, when they feel like they're performing well, 
um, that probably helps, you know, them give that extra effort. And I feel like this team, you know, like Leandro Gonzalez-Pierce, he said it in his interview that created all the controversy, but he said that the team is starting to play better, you know, and they're coming back around. And so I think that that's kind of helping drive them. Um, that good feeling is helping drive them to kind of just push and leave everything on the field. Yeah, no, it seems like they were in high spirits last night, for sure, uh, which is something that's kind of been out of the norm, you know, and kind of surprising considering everything that happened in the last week with the, with the media and everything like that. Um, and full credit to them and full credit to, to Frank. They came out and, and didn't mess around and, and had fun with it. And it seemed to be a really, really positive thing. And if that kind of mentality is going to improve and get better over this last part, then this team is going to be really, really successful. I, I still don't quite know what the ceiling for this team is is yet and that's just it comes down to just how inconsistent they've been all year but but like i said last night was last night was fun especially, yeah i mean especially getting to talk to joseph for that's like, what i was gonna say i was like if, if if anybody was having fun it was, it was reflected in joseph after the locker in the locker room after the game that was that was great i loved when he said his brutal honesty when we were talking about the uh the goal scoring record and he was talking about how he doesn't care about the records or whatever because he's always said that and uh i think he said something along the lines of like yeah if it like I only care about winning. You, uh, if we didn't win this game, there's no way I would be here talking to you right now. <laughs> <laughs> he had a whole just crop of incredible quotes last night. Um, you could tell he was just in the mood. Like he was just coming up, you know, Felipe, he had a, like a very, like a diamond encrusted watch on. And um, there was like a pause. Like nobody kind of knew what to ask him for a second. And Felipe was just like, nice watch. Where'd you get it? <laughs> he was like, I stole it. And he okay. might have, and he might have, and that's okay because <laughs> I think the media, I think every single person in the media would would take a bullet for Joseph Martinez and, and go to jail for him. So he's going to be fine. <laughs> he's going to be fine. Uh, there yeah. was a point where uh, Justin of Valdez, the translator, was doing his job and translating an answer, and Joseph took the time to look at his reflection in a camera pointed right at him and fix his hair. And it was I wonder if that made it on. There's got to be video, right? It, surely. I mean. Like available video. So, someone needs to do it and find it and, and gif it and let us have it. Thank you. Thank you. That was um, incredible. He dunked on Orlando a couple of times. Uh, he, they were talking about this reception he's going to get on Tuesday. He said, you go home. You always get a reception like that. That's why they love me so much. Um, he also had this like incredibly badass thing like i don't know where he got this i'm sure it's something he heard like growing up but uh he goes the cup is one thing the regular season is another playing in a semifinal you have to play with a knife in between your teeth <laughs> i gotta i gotta admit oh, yeah. when he's <laughs> um, that's metal man like come on when i heard that i immediately pictured uh job from arrested development <laughs> and he, I don't know if you've seen, but when he turns around, he's got he's uh-huh. he's he's a magician, and he like he like throws the cards oh, in the air or whatever, and he's got the knife in between his, in his mouth. That's what I thought of. Beautiful. We'll, we'll have to hopefully, like, we don't go down that. there and play like magicians. Hopefully, hopefully, we go down there and play. I don't know, like a meaner, better illusions. Um, yeah, no, uh, this is good. Everything was good. Everything was positive. I feel good about Tuesday. 
I feel okay about uh, next Saturday. Uh, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting for sure. Again, this is Orlando Super Bowl coming up. So who knows, man? Who knows? But right now, things are things are nice. Things are real nice. It's pretty funny. They won with a with a rotated squad, or not a rotated squad, squad really, but without Nani, and they still were able to pull out a win last night. But yeah, the I think the NYCFC game will kind of it's I, to me that game is kind of similar to the LAFC game where it's a bit of a kind of a barometer of where this team stacks up against some of the best teams in the league. So I think that NYCFC is probably the if not the best team in the East, probably one of the best teams in the East, probably right up there with Atlanta. So um, and then we'll see uh, Philadelphia Union and DC United are about to play right now. So um, we'll be checking out see how those two teams perform as well. So getting pretty interesting in the eastern conference though it's a mess it's a mess. first place it's first place 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 bye y'all bye there's a spanner in the works you know you gotta step up your game to make it to the top so go